Welcome back to the Thursday preview with former Brisbane Buller and German MVP Lee Jekyll. Lee, it's great to see you once again this week. How are you? Doing really well, Maxie. Thanks for having me on, mate. No worries. Now, let's get straight into it. Melbourne and Perth tomorrow night, a big blockbuster matchup in Perth uh, late night, that one. Yeah, very late, later for us. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. How do you feel the strengths are looking for both of those sides? Yeah, well, I think um, United's strength is definitely their defence. I think they've got probably the best team defence in the league. They can put it on other teams for 40 minutes, full mm-hmm. court. I don't think there's other teams in the league who can who, who have that sort of um, depth to go 40 minutes with full pressure. So that's definitely one of their strengths. Their depth's also um, one of their strengths. They're very deep with all their acquisitions in the off-season, so... I mean, they're always deep, but they're even deeper this year somehow. So um, definitely a strength of theirs. Uh, I think Perth, um, I mean, they've just got heavy hitters. You've got Pinder, you've got Cotton, you've got Usher. Any one of those guys can step up and win a game. I mean, we saw it in the first game, I think it was, uh, for Perth with Usher, who when he exploded for 35 points. Yeah. Um, I don't think many people would have seen that coming. And then when you've got you, Cotton. Yep. Did Jordan Usher surprise you? Um, I mean, I saw him at the Blitz. He was, uh, yeah, he, he, he's 35 points probably surprised me, but yeah. it's not surprising that he's doing well in the NBL. I mean, he, yeah. he's he's a great player, uh, brings great energy, and he's, he's good to watch because he he, uh, he gets into it with the crowd and he, he's entertaining. He's good for the NBL. Mm-hmm. What are the matchups that we need to look at between these two sides for tomorrow night? Uh, I think it'll be good to watch uh, probably, you know, over the last few years, the best defensive player in, in the league versus the best offensive player in Illy and Cotton. Um, I hope they match up on each other and it'll be good to watch uh, to see how Illy goes. I mean, I don't think anyone's figured out how to guard Cotton yet, but um, Illy, Illy can, can, you know, put his body in the right position and not foul and um, hopefully not foul Cotton on a three-point attempt which no one seemed <laughs> to figure out um but no that that's a matchup i'm de- definitely looking forward to and, and it'd be nice if sar and huck forty match up against each other um yeah. when they're out there and if they are out on the court at the same time which i'm sure they will be um just considering all the hype with sar and huck forty and especially sar now um that that's going to be a matchup that's going to be interesting to watch do you, if you are dean vickerman or shay ellie or dally out there on the floor how do you guard bryce cotton um, well, you, what do they call it? Is it, um, I don't know, Bryce Island or whatever they call it when they're getting stuck out yeah. on that island one on one? So, you, you, yeah, if if it, it's a team defense, um, that's gonna that's gonna stop Cotton, you can't stop him one on one. He's he's too talented, too quick, um, knows how to get to his spots. So, it's having someone like Illy having the luxury of someone like Illy manning up on him with solid team defense that's that's your only chance at actually you can't stop him but limiting him and forcing him into bad shots um so it's a collective effort that one what style of basketball are we looking at in terms of melbourne united and how does that compare to that of the wildcats um i don't know if uh, melbourne have really found their identity yet um just with all the additions it's hard to just come in and have your uh, you know style of play and um, all that clicking on all cylinders. I think where they 
definitely have their identity, um, and that's led by uh, Dean Vickham and his. They know what they're doing on the defensive end, mm-hmm. and I think that just puts them in every game um, and gives them a chance to win because there's no other team like them on that that defensive end. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's going to be a key in the game. Um, I know that they've got surprisingly a really good record um, in Perth as well. Yeah. I think there's seven and two. Um, in Perth, so that's very interesting. Um, and then I think with Perth, they they're a team. I mean, they feed off their crowd. They're always hard to beat at home. Melbourne mm. have proved they proven they can do that though. I think that um, they they can get up and down and and put points on the board really quickly. They can also play a really solid half court game and execute. So they've got they're, they're pretty versatile um, with their style of play. I think they can I think they can uh, beat you in a number of different ways. Yeah. What about the style of Perth and how they're looking to attack at Melbourne United? Yeah, well, I think, like I said, I think they've got options. If, if Bryce Cotton's feeling it and he's um, getting to his spots, um, they can go inside to Pinder. They've got Usher who can slash. So I think that they're a smart team. And I think if they, they, I mean, Cotton doesn't mind if someone else is going to score 35 points. Like you saw how excited he was when Usher scored 35. So I think they're smart enough to go to what, what's working. And that's what they'll try and do. Do you feel that something that's something that they didn't do last season? Did they rely too heavily on Bryce? Um, maybe, yeah. Or you know, maybe being a teammate of Bryce's, you sit back and watch too. Um, yeah. But I think I think their balance is better this year. Um, and yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I think that that they'll 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 do better. Doolittle still hasn't found his. Um, his his form yet he's solid defender um offensively i don't think he's put many points on the board i don't think he's too worried about that but um yeah can you talk us through what to look for in terms of execution of plays and what to look for out on the floor uh what to look for Uh, an interesting one's watching um just watching what happens around bryce cotton so Mm -hmm. i know we've mentioned him a lot but he if if you watch uh, teams prepare their whole defense for him. So when he's in the corner or off the ball, or he's cutting through the lane off the ball, just watching the chaos surrounding him is interesting. Um, he keeps uh, his direct matchup and the nearest three players to him on their toes. So that's that's something that's it's interesting to watch and see how teams prepare defensively for. Uh, Luke Travers returning home. I think that that's that's a big one to see how the crowd takes him and how he reacts to that, um, and see how he performs. That's going to be a good one. Um, and then just seeing how I mean Melbourne coming off a tough loss, seeing how they bounce back. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm sure they've got fire in their in their belly. Yeah, absolutely. Then we get to the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix and the Tassie Jack Jumpers Saturday night at John Kane Arena. It's going to be massively. Yeah, it's going to be good. There's going to be a lot of energy there. Looking forward to that one. So how do you see the Jack Jumps from a standpoint? I know they're a team who you really enjoy watching. Yeah, I love watching them. They play as a team. They're a cohesive unit. Um, they play for their coach. They want to win for their coach. Um, Scotty Roth's done an amazing job of like building a culture there where you can just see it in the in the players' faces. They, they want to be there. They want to win. They could be 12 points down with a minute to go and they still look like they want to win and most teams have given up. Um, so I think that's a credit to Scott Roth and what he's been able to um, put put into their 
um, into the into the mental side of the game for the Jack Jumpers. Um, I know this game's at uh, John Kane, so they're, they're a slightly different team on the road, but nonetheless, their ball movement's probably the best in the league, and they play. Sometimes it reminds me of a European style of play, the way they, they can move the ball. Um, so very exciting to watch. They've given up the least amount of points per opposition teams this season, the Jack Jumpers, and obviously that's a credit to how hard they work at the defensive end of the floor. Yeah, like, like Melbourne, they, they, they fight and claw. Um, they have full court pressure uh, and they... That, yeah, they they want to play defense. You can you can see that they want to play defense. Some, some teams you you can sort of see that the energy is not there. Um, I mean, whether it be trying to get three stops in a row or having some type of reward, sometimes that can help. But I feel like when you watch watch Melbourne United and you watch uh, the Jack Jumpers, you can, you can really see that they actually enjoy putting the other teams under pressure. What, is, what are the strengths of a team, I guess, like the South East Melbourne Phoenix then? Because you're coming up against the Jack Jumpers who are really aggressive, especially to start the game. Yeah, well, uh, I think South East, uh, I mean, they've come uh, into the season a little bit shaky, uh, but they've got all the talent in the world. I mean, you saw what um, Brown, Cummings and Craig did last week hmm. um, when they sort of had 20-plus, I think, each of them. So... If, if those three are firing, I'm not sure if Cook's playing um, as of yet. I think it's going to be a game-time decision. Um, but with him as well on the floor, they're capable of beating anyone. So, um, yeah, they've got weapons all across the court. What are the two key matchups for this one, Lee? Uh, I'd say Ben Evers, Jordan Crawford, mate. I, I think that one because Jordan Crawford is just amazing to watch at his size to see what he, he can do yeah. out on the court the space that he can create for himself. Sometimes he gets in there and, and the, the timber's too tall for him, but <laughs> more often than not, he can find a way to score or find someone. Um, and then if he's matching up on Ben Eyre, um, Ben Eyre, he, he's he's got a, a bit of arrogance on the court yeah. and I think he needs that to succeed and he understands that. And I think that's great to watch, and, it, and, it, and it's 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 good for the, the fans to watch that. So, if there's a bit of uh, animosity in the game and a bit of emotion, I think that's going to be a really good matchup to watch. I want to see Ben Air get fired up. I want to see Jordan Crawford want to beat Ben Air, and I want to see him go toe to toe. Yeah, absolutely. What do we need to look for in terms of skill execution on the floor? You mentioned before how Jordan Crawford's able to create space, um, I guess, so easily, and he, and he does it. Um, he, I guess, so silky too. Yeah, he does. He does. Um, in saying that, you've got Jordan Crawford, who is very, very one-on-one. Um, -on -one. uh, his strength is one-on-one, -on -one and he can, he, but he can bring others into the game. Same with Milton Doyle. He, he can score from anywhere. He's one of the best players in the league, obviously, probably for season stop right now is the MVP. Yeah. But um, somehow, Scott Roth can bring these type of players in and fit them into the system that he, he, he wants to run, and that's team-first basketball. So... It's 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 very interesting to watch um, two highly talented one-on-one -on -one players still be able to fit in um, to that that team style of play and make the extra pass. How do you try and fit them into that kind of environment to be able to make that extra pass um, with no hesitation? Well, that comes from um, day one at training camp and and, and training and play players uh, have got to want to make that extra pass, mm -hmm. and then. It, 
becomes contagious if, if one player is making the extra pass, next place someone will make the extra pass next to the point where there'll be many times at training where there'll be probably too many passes made and someone should have shot up five passes ago. Sometimes yeah. that can be bad, but more often than not, it's a positive when that's happening. So it's contagious. So does that just become, I guess, instinctively for players and things like that rather than a conscious decision being able to make that extra pass? Yeah, it's probably a bit of both. Um, a lot of players aren't naturally going to make an extra pass. Um, they've gotten to the NBL probably because they have taken the shot. But yeah. uh, when, you, when you when you get to the NBL and you're in there and you're on a team like Tasmania, if you're not making the extra extra pass, I don't I don't think you're going to start. Not that Scott Ross going to drag anyone, but um, he, he might. But it, I think it's just that's just their team makeup. And if 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 you want to fit in and succeed, obviously you want to make the extra pass. You want to make your team better. You're going to make the extra pass. If you're open, great. But if someone's got a better shot, make that extra pass. What do we need to look for for the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix on Saturday night? Um, I, I think. Well, I think um, Cummings and Brown. So I think they're key. I know that Brown's um, hasn't played as many minutes coming into his own now after that last game. Yeah. Um, but I, I think when you've got someone bringing the ball, let's say a Ben Air, and then you've got the ability to pass it up the floor mm-hmm. uh, and hit Brown or hit Cummings on either side of the floor on the wing, um, and then for them to create uh, in the transition, I think they're, 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 they're hard to guard. I think they, like I said, they're off to a shaky start, but I think they can, they can, be, um, they can, they can make some noise this year because they've got such talent like Brown and Cummings on, on, on the wing. Um, and they're just so versatile on the offensive end. They can, they can create, they can make you know, other people better. So uh, I think, yeah, that, that's, that's what I'm looking for, to see them two at their best um, alongside Creek. It's going to be exciting. There and any, Cook, if Cook's back, he, he's yeah. a beast. <laughs> are, there, are there any certain plays or anything like that that we need to be aware of in terms of both the Phoenix and the Jackies? Plays or players? Plays. Plays. Don't know. I haven't, I haven't actually done a scouting report on their play, so I <laughs> I can't go that deep into it. But it's probably just, yeah, um, you know, watching watching for uh, the Jack Jumpers ball movement mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, it, it's, it's just good good to watch. And they a couple of years ago they brought it sort of back into the NBL where everyone was sort of talking about how they played such a great style of basketball, brand of basketball, playing that team game. Um, I think Southeast have that in patches. Obviously, they're, they're more talented around the pick and roll. Um, so, yeah, that, that's that's um, no specific plays. I haven't looked that deep into it. <laughs> Absolutely, Lee. Thanks so much and enjoy the weekend of NBL action. Thanks, Messi. Thanks, Lee. Stay tuned, everyone, for some more Thursday preview next week on Thursday night. We'll see you soon.